Women of Science and Music, 30 Celebrations. Episode 8, Secrets of Bletchley Park. There's many a lass of the scientist clan that has followed her brief in a field. She has sworn, she has cursed, been ignored and abused, but a scientist never can yield. I am Frances M. Lynch, the Artistic Director of Electric Voice Theatre. And you are very welcome to the eighth episode of our podcast series, Women of Science and Music, 30 Celebrations. The March of the Women of Science, adapted from Mary Maxwell Campbell's March of the Cameron Men, is heralding a world of secrets, which you can unravel with the help of a crossword grid. You can draw it and fill it in while you listen. It needs to be four squares down and nine across. That's four down. Nine across. You are searching for the name of a codebreaker who was born on the 7th of July 1924. There are some unusually awkward cryptic clues provided by the Electric Voice Theatre singers and science historian Catherine Booth, who's going to begin with the bomber machine. It's spelled B O M B E. It came from a Polish word, bomba, because the Poles were the first to come up with a machine similar to this. They were over six and a half feet high, they were more than seven feet wide and two and a half feet deep. Think of a big bookcase with lots of drums in the front, rotating drums, and they had plug boards at the back. Get the bomba on track, bomba on track. Set the drums on the rack. Drums on the rack. Wire up at the back. Wired up at the back. The Germans changed the code every day. So every day the machines had to be set up separately. At one point they were decoding over 3,000 messages a day. No glitch, no hitch. No glitch, no hitch. Zooming, zipping, whizzing, whirring, rumbling, tumbling, thundering round. Rotators in motion, cold breakers unspoken. The, the women of Bletchley Park. This lady, when she joined the Wrens, was asked what her hobbies were. And she said she loved doing cryptic crosswords and puzzles. The work she was going to be asked to do needed people to think laterally to use a wee bit of imagination, to be able to interpret the sorts of things that someone who was used to doing crosswords would be doing. Some of the women who joined were given a Daily Telegraph crossword to do and see how long it took them. Finish that crossword yet? Just two words left, then I'll understand the That's E for Enigma, was a cipher machine invented by a German company in the 1920s for banks. It was adopted by the German Navy. It looked a bit like a typewriter with keys in the front and it had sets of rotors. The Enigma machine had, wait for it, 158 
million, million, million different settings. Now, there's no way that even 200 bomber machines could test all of these. So they found a part of the message called a crib that gave them an idea of which letters were being used for which parts of the code. Throw the One key thing is that a letter never coded for itself. No glitch, no hitch, no glitch, no hitch. Zooming, zipping, whizzing, rumbling, tumbling, thundering, rotators in motion, code breakers unspoken, the women of Bletchley Park. Bletchley Park was a country estate in rural Buckinghamshire. The security services thought this would be a good location to base the secret operations. She was a fair maid, the maid of Perth. Wait, there's more. She was a fair maid, who was academic, the maid of Perth. Perth Academy, the maid of The original Fair Maid of Perth, I think, with to thank Stop. Walter Scott for that, he wrote a novel in 1828 called The Fair Maid of Perth, and he features a battle that took place between two clans. Someone called Catherine Glover was supposed to have been the love interest. There is a house in Perth that's called the Fair Maid's House, but whether she ever had anything to do with that house, or whether she even ever existed. A match, a match. Let's check it, check it, put, put it through the hatch. Easy wrote an opera called a The Fair Maid of a Perth. A Letter A. Letter A. This lady went to Perth Academy. At that time, boys had to do mathematics and sciences. Girls could do arithmetic instead of mathematics. Girls tended to be expected to do the humanities-type subjects rather than sciences. When I went to school, girls tended to be catcalled and wolf-whistled, scorned by some of the boys in the sciences. No glitch, no hitch. No glitch, no hitch. Zooming, zipping, whizzing, whizzing rumbling, tumbling, thundering, round. Rotators in motion, code breakers unspoken. The women of Bletchley From about 7,500 to 8,000 women were working at Bletchley at one time. Women were used partly because they were meticulous in their work. They paid them a lot less, even though they were doing the same job as their male counterparts. What's the clue? A miserable bird. A miserable bird. A miserable bird. Miserable. 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 That's got to be. Got to be. Got to be. Got to be a teenager. And the bird? It was World War Two. She would have been a wren, proud to do her duty of a teenage wren. Helping shorten the war by two years. Absolutely! The wrens, Stop. women's 
Royal Naval Service. Women had to be 17 and a half before they could join. The lady that we're talking about went to Tullock Ewan Castle near Loch Lomond. That was where she did her training. It was a very gloomy, run-down castle. The place was just disgusting, especially the toilets and the showers, she said. This was not a thing what she signed up for, to be cleaning. A match! A match! Let's check it, check it, put it through the hatch. Alan Turing. A match! A match! Letters T-E-N! Very famous mathematician in this country managed to adapt the bomber machine to suit what was going on with the Enigma. There was a team working with him. One of the members of his team was someone called Joan Clark. He trusted her, and she was at one point engaged to Alan Turing, but she herself knew that this was just not going to work. The women of Fletchley Park To a cross lost for letters Yes! That tiny wee lady named It must rhyme with machine That wee lady named Bean, Keen, Seen, Dean, Fiend, Geen, Lean, Shuck, Jean Jean? Yes, Jean Was 4 feet 10 inches tall 1.47 metres The bomber machine was over 6.5 feet tall so there was no way she was going to be able to reach the high drums. So they provided her with a platform to stand on. She must have proved her worth and her ability. And I think she was a very determined lady. A match! A match! Let's check it, check it, put, put it through the hatch. The A Day, the 8th of May, 1945, was victory in Europe Day. Jean was not still at Bletchley. She was out in the Far East, in Colombo, in Sri Lanka. She had been selected to go. She had no choice. She was only 19 before she went out by ship. Now, this was a dangerous voyage. In fact, some wrens, their ship was sunk by a German submarine and they all perished. So it wasn't without dangers. She had to get permission from her father to go because she was underage. However, he said, you must do your duty, and she felt that too. I think she probably was quite excited about going, but maybe a little apprehensive as well. She was working there until the end of the war. However, she wasn't able to come home right away after that because the ships were needed to transport the exhausted soldiers back from the Far East. They were given priority, so she stayed on. She met and married the man who was to become her husband, Clive Rook. He was in the Royal Air Force. When V.E. Day came, she found love and a medal from GCHQ. They knew right from the beginning that they had to keep this secret. They must never, ever tell anyone. Some of them, when they first read an account in the mid-1970s that someone had written about it, were shocked and horrified. 
husbands and wives, even if they were both working there, they wouldn't tell each other what they'd been doing. She didn't break her silence for 30 years. She never told her mother how the war was won. By secret codebreakers, secret codebreakers. 30 years later, returning, years to, show later, us, returning how to show us just how, how it was done at Bletchley Park. When she got much older and Bletchley opened its doors as a museum, she volunteered to go back and be a guide. She loved doing that, explaining how the bomba machine worked. And you got the idea she was in her element doing that. She really enjoyed that. Young people today especially have been wonderful during this time and lockdown in stepping up and volunteering to help those in the community that are less able to help themselves and feeling that was their duty and doing it willingly and happily and that's what Jean did in her day in a different context obviously. She and her fellow workers were given a medal only in 2009. It said, we also served, because I think their friends thought they were possibly just frittering away the war and because they couldn't be told what they were doing. was A Cryptographer's Crossword by Frances M. Lynch, sung by Margaret Cameron and myself, accompanied by the sound of the bomba machine. We would like to thank Bletchley Park and particularly the staff and volunteers at the National Museum of Computing for arranging a special visit to see and hear the bomba machine in action. Thanks also to Jean Valentine's family for their help and support in creating a page for her on our website, minervascientifica.co.uk and to Professor Sue Black for helping us locate the family and for helping to make sure that Bletchley Park has survived for us all to continue to visit. And finally, thanks to you for listening and joining in the crossword. Do join us for episode 9 of Women of Science and Music 30 Celebrations for another well-kept secret, this time from the world of music, but not from the planets, because there was another host. Host.